Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back to the latest edition of Until Saturday. And last night, I was up until 10.30, 11 o'clock, sweating an NFL preseason game. That bad. So it feels like football season, right? Like, is that the epitome <laughs> of football season? August last 18th, here we are recording, like, and I'm just sweating preseason games like it was nothing? Well, You're last night I form. watched the first episode of the Boston bombing documentary on Netflix and went to bed early. So I might be a little behind you, Ari. Okay, so football season for me, and you're still catching up on your documentaries. Manny, were you watching I can't any football? do preseason NFL. <laughs> I, I was actually, I, I had come back from coaching my daughter, uh, my eight-year-old daughter's soccer team, which, by the way, were terrible. There's nothing more frustrating than coaching seven to nine-year-olds, Ari. Um, and, and I actually started studying up on these quarterbacks. I could be ready for today's show just so I could hang okay. with you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I need to, I mean, I'm fine being the only person that was sweating Kellen Mond throws in the third quarter of a preseason game. Kellen but, Mond. Uh, yeah. I haven't I thought mean, about the, him in at least two years. I don't know if you guys are with me on this and the gambling thing aside, but I really enjoy watching preseason because I like watching old names that we used to discuss on the podcast and watch like play in NFL games. It is good guy remembering territory, like some very recent guys. Uh, but the play is just bad. And I, also it's like weird times and weird networks. It's a little bit like uh, European soccer and, and like big boxing matches for me. And then I never find out the games are happening until they're already happening. And I'm seeing tweets about them. <laughs> so I'm, I feel like I'm very like just the preseason just does not. It doesn't move the needle for me. Well, I get I sad watching that, it. Yeah, like, it's see, a little. It, it's sad. It is sad seeing some of these dudes just be like garbage time players. Uh, they're getting paid a lot. I don't feel bad for them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I, it was cool watching uh, DTR and Demetric Felton just get the band back together a little bit with I the heard Browns. DTR in the was half. getting after it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's fun. Okay, why don't we get into the show? Uh, I didn't properly introduce everybody because you know these are familiar voices, but I am joined. Uh, by Dave Ubbin and Manny Navarro, and I am Ari Wasserman, and here to discuss quarterback tiers. We're going to do three conferences today as we continue to um, preview the season and get us ready for week zero, which, by the way, is like in an hour. Like, it is coming really, really quickly. So um, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC have a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of new faces. The transfer portal has um, you know created an environment where familiar faces are in new places. Um, so in order to do that and, and kind of sift through all of those quarterbacks and, and what they're going to do and how they're going to play, uh, we're going to break these down into tiers. Before we get started, let me always remind you to rate the podcast, to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to them, uh, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, wherever you listen to it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It's really big for the show. It helps us continue to you know find new people to listen and expands our audience. And then of course, if you want to watch the YouTube channel where the famous uh, Saturday night reaction shows will be living, the link to that is in the show's description. So, okay, let's start with the big 10 and Dave, I'll let you carry it away a little bit because Dave mm -hmm. is the one who created the tiers and Manny and I are going to box oh, no. back and forth to see whether or not we agree with his tiers. Um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of information, so we're going to try to do each conference 20 minutes or 15 minutes each conference. It might seem like we're blowing through it. It's a lot of information. But if you are somebody who loves football, you're going to be getting a lot of football discussion today. So, Dave, why don't you break down your Big Ten tiers, tell us yes. why, and then we'll assault you. We got a three-man tier one, and it starts with Mr. J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. The conversation last year was if he's got to throw Michigan to a win, can he do it? We saw him do it. We saw him do it. Uh, a little bit. Uh, he's number one. Uh, I, these aren't necessarily a ranking as much as a tier. Um, Batalia Tagovailoa, also in that tier one. And closed out by a newcomer. Uh, shrug. Roll your eyes if you must. But Tanner Mordecai. Uh, too accomplished. Too much production to not put him in the tier one ahead of some other guys. 
Fellas, fair? Not fair? Um, I, I like Tanner Mordecai. I think he's going to be huge at Wisconsin. In fact, when I did my uh, – my predictions, my oddly specific predictions. I said he was going to break Russell Wilson's uh, school record for passing passing yards at Wisconsin, which, by the way, isn't much. I think it's thirty. I'm scared to ask what it is. It's like thirty three hundred yards or something like that. All right, um, that's not. Yeah, so I, I think he threw for thirty five hundred last year at SMU. So I'm thinking uh, with with this new offense, uh, they're going to be able to to throw the ball well. They've got a balanced running game. There's it's it's going to be a good offense at Wisconsin this year. So I, I agree. I think you can throw Mordecai. Uh, in that top tier, uh, my thing is, um, I I think the guy missing up here is actually in tier three. Interesting. Well, I was going to ask you, Dave. I, I'm sure Ari agrees. Listen, I know <laughs> before we get to it, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you on this, but I will say that I don't think you could put guys who have not done enough in tier one. If they might be tier one by October. We're talking about Drew Aller here, of course. Maybe Cal McCord also. I, I, you could see both of those guys in Tier 1 by October. But for now, I think it's a little disrespectful to the other guys to throw them in, in the same bunk when you haven't done anything. Listen, for every uh, next great quarterback, there's a Garrett Gilbert out there. It doesn't always work out. Well, Dave, before I decapitate you verbally, I want <laughs> you to just go through the Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, and Tier 5, just like... Reveal the whole list first. Okay. That way that when we're talking about it, people won't be surprised and they can kind of envision kind of where we are and they can get retroactively mad uh, during the discussion. <laughs> okay. Tier two is our co-pilot on the drive to 325. Uh, Mr. Cade McNamara, uh, another transfer in tier two. Jeff Sims at Nebraska. My tier three are my guys that I think are going to be special, but they haven't done anything yet. And that's... There's something to be said for that. So you have Drew Aller and Kyle McCord sitting down there in tier three. Uh, guys that they're sort of, they're like, uh, like you know how you jump out of a pool and they're like, you know, they're, you're probably taller than that, but you're kind of crouched. There's a lot of potential energy with those guys, but they got to get it into kinetic energy. Uh, my tier four are guys that we've seen and I don't love. Uh, a trio of transfers. Everyone, I feel like every single one of these guys has transferred. Ben Bryant from Northwestern. Uh, seen him a little bit at Cincinnati. I saw him in person last year. Cincinnati Arkansas game. Arkansas secondary bad game. Ben Bryant. I, I didn't love what I saw. Hudson Card, uh, Texas transfer. Have not loved what, I, what I've seen from him. Lost his job to a true freshman uh, in in uh, Quinn Ewers. <clears throat> Another guy I've seen in person in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Luke Altmeyer popped in when Matt Corral hurt his ankle in the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago. Um, didn't love what I saw from him uh, in that game at Ole Miss, but a promising guy. I think he's got really good arm talent, uh, but just they recruited over him. Jackson Dart came in there and and uh, and did some special things. And then my Tier 5, uh, Ethan Kaliakmanis at Minnesota, guy who took over late last season. Could be promising. I, I need to see a little bit more. I don't know how much the tools are there, but I like it. Gavin Wimsat at Rutgers. Noah Kim. At uh, Michigan State, also my Tier 5, and Taven Jackson, Indiana. Taven Jackson, a guy that I have seen also quite a bit, uh, former Tennessee quarterback, a uh, guy that I think has some upside to him, but hadn't done anything yet. So that's where we're at. Okay, okay, okay. So if I were to do this, Dave, and I mm -hmm. understand what you did, you can't overrank players. But the way that I view this is if I'm going to tier them the way that we're doing it. I'm going to guess you're going to rank them by talent. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna rank them by who I would want the most. That's a good um, okay. That's fair. I, I think that that to me is kind of the purest way of doing it, because you can obviously go and say, well, these guys haven't played very much, um, but if you were in charge of assembling a Big Ten team and your number one pick, or like you were the number three or four pick, and JJ McCarthy, who's the clear you know favorite to go off the board, did let's say number two pick, JJ McCarthy's mm -hmm. off the board. Mm -hmm. Are you really going to take Tanner Mordecai over some of the guys that you have listed below? Um, no, like, but I rank, really these think in, that? I rank these with what, what have you done? What have you done? Um, and I think at some point, you know, this is the same. This the, the argument that we're having right now is the same thing like the Alabama TCU playoff argument. It's the exact same concept. OK, TCU, they weren't impressive a lot last year. Like they, they had a lot of flaws. They did a lot of things that made you sort of shake your head. But at the same day, at the same breath, what you did has to matter at some point. 
And these other guys haven't done anything yet. So I like the upside. If you want to say you'll take them ahead of them, like I, I would probably take Drew Aller maybe second. Kyle McCord maybe second. But I also think there's an element of sometimes those guys get overrated because of everything that's around them. And a guy like Talia Tagovailoa gets underrated because his team is not going to win 11 games. And people just sort of overlook him. But he's a really good player, even if he's got some flaws and does some things because he doesn't have you know, a, the best offensive line where they're going to win four of their five one-on-ones and have the best receiving core in the country like Kyle McCord might have uh, or have the, you know, maybe the best running game in the country like Drew Aller might have. So, you know, there's an element of, yes, those guys are probably more talented and haven't done anything yet, but I also think guys that come from the power schools do get slightly overrated in terms of just the pure quarterback play. Yeah, well, the thing I, I think that is interesting about that is is that, like, you know, Gavin Wimsat is a very talented player who, you know, is in a really bad situation um, um, and hasn't played very much and enrolled early and all that stuff. It's like, do you think he's really a tier five quarterback in the conference? Or like, I feel like you have to be consistent with the way that we're ranking them. If you're going to if you're going to neg people for not having experience or or being early in their careers, like I don't understand how you could have um, guys in tier five that are probably better than guys who have played more in in tier you know four. So like that's my only nitpick here. Like I understand specifically like what you're talking about when you when you have a guy like Tanner Mordecai or Tagovailoa mm-hmm. up there. Um, but like is Cade McNamara a better pick uh, at in the second tier than Drew Aller? Like I would take exception to that notion, even if even if one Cade, hasn't played. I, I'm I'm very curious, you know, what that looks like in you know in in Brian Ferentz's offense. I'm very curious. Uh, what do you think we'll it's going to look like, the Air Force out there, or what? I don't know. I, I Listen, I'm as fascinated with Iowa as anyone else. If we're ranking, like, the most interesting teams in the country this year, I mean, Colorado and Iowa are probably in the top ten, aren't they? Yeah. So I guess if you're, like, ranking them based on just resume only, like, mm-hmm. that's what I would do. But this is a podcast. We're supposed to project forward. <laughs> I want to project forward here. And, like, my tier ones – would probably be J.J. McCarthy, Drew Aller, McCord, just based on who I would take first. Those would be my mm-hmm. top three picks. Then the second tier would probably be something like Jeff Sims because I think he's really good. You know, maybe borderline top tier, depending on you know you know his experience and of course the situation that he was in. And then um, guys like maybe even Hudson Carter or Cade McNamara to put down into that second tier. And then I would go on maybe potential. Um, with with players who are really early on in their careers but are super talented, like are we sure that Noah Kim um, can't be very good or Gavin Wimsett isn't going to be very good? I think that would be the third tier. And then the fourth tier would be quarterbacks that we've seen a ton of and just don't like that much. Maybe. I think Noah Kim definitely has some upside. Uh, I'm intrigued to see him. I think anytime you beat out a two-year starter, my eyebrows are raised a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, there's something to that. Um and also, I don't think has he played a snap, but he's also like winning the battle right now. with Caden Hauser, who was a top 200 player who was supposed to be like the quarterback of the future at Michigan State. So um, like when I see tier five, I just what flashes in my mind is these guys stink. And I don't think that's fair for half the people who are on that list. Manny, what do you think? Well, I, I did all this homework, right? You know my charts, Ari. Yeah, you know, he's, I, this guy's more <laughs> charts than the Pentagon. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna share I'm just gonna share some raw data real quick. I'm not yeah, gonna make this data. long and drawn out. I'm just gonna give you some of this. All right, first of all, Talia Tungavailoa is the most experienced starter in, in the Big Ten. He's he's fifteen and twelve as a starter, played close to two thousand snaps. So in terms of experience, he's got the most. Um next on the list, obviously, is Tanner Mordecai, nineteen hundred snaps, fourteen and ten as a starter in his career um then you get to actually northwestern's quarterback ben bryant who was at cincinnati um he's 15 and 8 as a starter close to 1700 snaps uh and then uh jeff sims is the fourth most experienced starter in terms of college snaps uh he was 7 and 16 by the way in his career georgia tech uh 1500 snaps so those are your in terms of like guys who've just played a ton those are your four most experienced guys when it comes to that to that category does that matter in this i think another thing that matters that maybe we're not talking enough about like when when you mentioned uh, michigan state's quarterback noah kim um they've got the same offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach there for the past four years and jay johnson like to me that matters the fact that noah kim he's been there for several years and he's kind of learned that offense over several years probably helps him eventually elevate faster than 
than maybe somebody who's been, you know, who's, who has a new offensive coordinator this year and is in, in a new system. So I think all of that will ultimately play out as the season progresses. Uh, but, it's wild that just looking at this, there's 10 transfers. Yeah. Well, also, Man. too, like the thing that's interesting about the Big Ten and all these transfers, guys, is, is that like Luke Altmaier has a ton of talent and he's going to a place yes. where being kind of good at Ole Miss is like the best quarterback in, in, in Illinois history, maybe outside of Juice Williams, right? Like, I mean, the standards of of going to Purdue for a place like for a kid like Hudson Card who got benched for a freshman at Texas because they're afraid the coach is going to get fired if they don't win 10 games. Like that's a place that you could settle into, not really feel the pressure of constantly, you know, having your job on the line. And then you go to a place like Purdue, ease into the coaching and the system and, you know, have an Aiden O'Connell type year, which was like a NFL quarterback, you know, like, I don't know that I would even give up on the guys that you have in your tier four. I, I think Hudson card and Luke Altmaier could be very good for the plays that they had. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to say this about JJ McCarthy, because we have put him on a pedestal and kind of just said, he's unquestionably a top tier quarterback and he's deserved that, right? He beat Ohio state last year, but if you go back and you watch the Ohio state game or, or turn on the film and, and rewatch it, was there a single play that that man made uh, based on just pure talent alone that makes your jaw drop? Like, do you think that J.J. McCarthy is a potential first-round pick this year? Because I, I watched the game multiple times, and I saw Ohio State get their ass kicked and J.J. McCarthy throwing to guys that were open by seven yards. Um, and it's just, like, not like the precision passing machine that you would expect from a guy in this tier. So like, as we go forward and we do more tier one guys, we're probably going to have some disagreements because my idea of a tier one guy is like bona fide first round pick. And I might, you might even say that the big 10, as we sit here right now on August 18th has zero. I actually, <laughs> so like, I think that's a fair point. I mean, how many pac 12 quarterbacks would you take over every big 10 quarterback? Five? It's insane. The, the, the like, pac 12 <laughs> quarterbacks are, are, Absolutely insane talent-wise. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Iowa situation um, is just inherently interesting because I've never seen a coach have to hit certain statistical benchmarks to keep his job. Like, that is just to. lunacy. So, like, <laughs> Cade McNamara's role in that is, is just compelling naturally but mm -hmm. if it was just a regular year where this contract grab ass didn't exist i couldn't give less of a shit about him or iowa in terms of like entertainment factor that is like boring squared to me. i'm kind of attracted to toxic relationships between assistant coaches and coaches and their fan bases though and the brian ferentz iowa fan situation like poor scott doctorman every time he tweets about him writes about him or anything like the visceral, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, you know, blowing cold air on an exposed nerve on a tooth, right? Iowa fans <laughs> just immediately start screaming. And when the, when the Brian Ferentz's name comes up, I, I can't get away from that. So even if they're, even if the contract situation was not as incredible as it is, I might still be attracted to it just because. But Kate like, McNamara and Iowa is not a marriage of entertainment. Like that no, is but like he's done, but Kate's done some stuff. I think when you look at the rest of this list, yeah. I I did ex factor in experience and what you've actually done a lot in these tiers more than pure talent. Because I do agree that Drew Aller and Kyle McCord, I think, will have better years than Kate. I think they have uh, m certainly much more upside. We'll certainly but, get drafted ahead of him. Yes, that's definitely true. Um, but 
to me, it felt disrespectful to the guys that have played like the Jeff Sims, like the Cade McNamara's, who, you know, have done some things, have played big-time ball versus, you know, Drew Aller and Kyle McCord. I mean, Aller has, what, he's probably thrown 40 passes, maybe something like that. Maybe that might be too yeah. many. Has Kyle McCord played a snap? Maybe. He started a game. He started a game when CJ Stroud got got yeah. injured. Uh, um, two years so ago. those just yeah. haven't they haven't done anything. They haven't they haven't done a lot. I know, but I you also have to consider situation in coach. Like you have to just blanketly well, assume okay, that okay, Kyle McCord's okay. going to be awesome this year. Here's a question because for you, of though, the situation. Okay, but if you put Cade McNamara in Kyle McCord's shoes and you eliminated Devin Brown and you put Kyle McCord in Iowa's shoes, what do you think the numbers would be? Do you think they would be kind of similar? Oh, I mean, numbers, sure. I don't know if I would think that well, Cade McNamara is a better quarterback. No, but I think a lot of people would. But that's what I'm saying is it's it gets complicated. We, we, like, situation does complicate. I, mean, I think you could put John Elway in his prime into Iowa, and it would be a black hole of, of statistics. But, like, I don't think that Cade – I mean, Cade McNamara um, beat Ohio State. But, like, if anybody's watched the Ohio State-Michigan games the last two years, it's mm-hmm. a lot of just ass-kicking in the trenches and a team yes. lying down and getting their butts kicked. Like, it's not a example of elite-level quarterback play that cannot be passed on the top 10 picks of the NFL draft. So, from that standpoint, like, I don't know, um, you know, what we're viewing here, but I've got one insane hot take that I need to get off before we go to the next conference. And I'm going to, I'm going to say it to Manny. Who's like the king of spreadsheets and numbers. <laughs> and like, I think Nebraska fans love me because like I am sipping Matt rule Kool-Aid, but if you marry Jeff Sims with a competent coach who has an above average talent level, which is completely different at Nebraska than it would be at, at Georgia tech. Yeah. Is there a scenario where Jeff Sims comes out and is like tier one badass and leads Nebraska to 10 wins this year. Cause like I am on sneaky lookout for Nebraska being much better in year one than people are giving them credit for. And I think that that's part of the reason 10 wins. No, I think he could be, Oh, this guy, like I watched a couple of Georgia tech games last year and I felt bad for Jeff Sims because you can kind of see the flashes, but yeah, you look around, you got a bunch of talent issues the scheme, it was very hard to, like, what are they trying to do here? You, you don't really get what they're going for. So, yeah, I think he can look really, really good. Leading them to, leading them to 10, 10 wins, no, I don't think I don't think the bodies are there, even, competent, in, the, even in the West. Competent yeah. game plan, competent coach, above-average skill set, shitty division, I think is a really good combination. Eight wins, I'll buy. That's a possibility. Ten, no. Manny, whose side are you on? Uh, having watched Sims play Miami several times in person, there were plenty mm-hmm. of opportunities. I thought he had he had an opportunity to make plays. I mean, certainly Miami. I mean, you watched him against Middle Tennessee State last year, right? And you're like, who couldn't pick apart this defense? Uh, but he struggled in a lot of games against Miami for whatever reason. Manny, you're supposed so, to have a Stars Matter allegiance to me, man. What are you I, doing? I, I know, I know, I'm supposed to. I just don't think. Look, I, I think he's he's capable of it, Ari. I think he's he's the kind of guy who could be on an NFL roster one day. And we're like, man, remember that? Remember Jeff Sims didn't do much at Georgia Tech and was okay at Nebraska. Like mm-hmm. he's in his ninth year in the NFL because he's he's got the talent to play here. I, I just fall don't, in love with flashes. That's yeah. that's just me. When I see a flash of something. Dave, get your sixth grade smirk <laughs> off your face, okay? <laughs> yes, I'll say it again. I fall in love with flashes. I did in sixth grade, and I do now. When I see something special, even if it's just a glimpse, I want I want a taste. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, what if we What if we ended each of these segments with just sort of picking a guy who will be I don't know the all conference first team quarterback? Sure, How about the guy who moves the most tears? How about that? Yeah, how about the guys who move the most tiers in these crappy tier rankings that Dave gave us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy some, I'm gonna buy some Noah Kim stock. How about that? I mean, you have to buy somebody from tier five because of the room to grow. Uh, I think Noah Kim is probably the best, the best value purchase here. But um, I don't know. How about I buy some Hudson Card stock? Mm. Not a fan of Hudson Card, are you? I've seen too much Hudson Card, Arya. I, I. I no, no. Purdue Hudson card could be fun. Graham Harrell, I think, has done some good things, but, you know, it didn't go great at West Virginia. I, the shine's off of him a little bit. I, I don't know. First year, I just haven't, I just, he got a lot of runway at Texas, and I just never saw anything at Texas 
where we talked about, you know, when you're at places that have talent advantages and you have all these guys around you and Bijan. But you're the number one person who says that Texas has a problem that you can't identify. Maybe that problem's been eradicated now and, <laughs> and Hudson Card has been freed from the incompetence. Uh Maybe. I think he might have been part of the problem. Uh, go back and watch the Arkansas game, Arian. Call me back. I've watched <laughs> a lot of Texas games. I know what you're talking about, but I also have seen a lot of Purdue games, and uh, Purdue's had some sneaky good quarterbacks, and you know, I know the coaches are different there now, but there, it well, that is means the you're, cradle of That just of means you're a Louisville fan, then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is, this, this is something that was occurring before Jeff Brom. I mean, sure. it's the cradle of quarterbacks. Yeah, well, AOC's not walking through that door again at Purdue. He's, he's yeah. gone. <laughs> Kyle McCord's going to be the first team quarterback. He's got the best receivers. Like yeah, I think, yeah, I think Manny's right. I mean, I guess like if you have Marvin Harrison on your team, you could be a <laughs> tier five guy and still like have a pretty good year. Um, he is maybe the best receiver prospect I've ever seen. Is that is that a fair thing I to say? I think a lot of people agree with you. I think that's fair. I yeah. mean it. Um, who's the one I'm forgetting? Garrett Wilson, Marvin Harris. Who I'm forgetting the other, the other Superman. Chris Olave. Yes, Chris Olave. I mean, all those guys. Like, there's. It's like the Bama guys. The run that they had. Uh, you know, they're they're all so good that they almost run together, and they almost like Dave. You, I'm saying you I've lose. ever seen anywhere. I know that, but I'm just saying, like, okay. when you see guys like excel in that run, like when there's so many that are so good in such a short amount of time. They almost take away from one another's legacy because it's like if Jerry Judy had played for Alabama, I don't know, in 2012 or something, like would we talk about him differently? And, you know, they had the Julio and Amari Cooper years. But like, it's easier to take them for granted when they're it's happening regularly. Yeah. And yeah. then like the next year, another guy does something. It's almost like the Texas Tech quarterback Or it happens thing. at the same time. Like Jason Smith yeah. and Jigba yes. just got drafted after not playing last year, and he led the team in receiving with Garrett. I mean, they were all on the same team. Yes. Like, and they're all first. And Jamison Williams was on that team. Yes. <laughs> Who's yes. Left so for I don't Bama, disagree so, with you about yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr., but I think it's it's hard when they've had so much success that against all odds, it might be possible that Marvin Harrison Jr. is underrated. <laughs> uh, I think 19 to 1 as a Heisman pick is a very, very good value bet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I Ohio agree, State's right. quarterback, uh, you know, is a tier three quarterback uh, <laughs> right now. And I think that he's going to put up numbers and I think Ohio state's going to be there at the end. And he's going to do things that um, other people can't do in terms of body control and mm-hmm. flashiness. And like 19 to one right now is a, is a tasty yeah. number. Okay. So Let's should we go 12. to big 12? All right, go ahead, Dave. And tier one, uh, I think uh, the, the guy who made me say the, say, wow, the most last year, Jalen Daniels, certainly tier one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn Ewers, I'll put in there. I saw enough from him. And then obviously there's there's an element of we saw enough last year. There's an element of projection in there. But I think he's a tier one guy. Uh, Will Howard at Kansas State. Uh, you can make a case for him as the best quarterback in the league. And I'll put Dylan Gabriel in there at Oklahoma. I, I hated what I saw from him last year. But I think last year just the vibes were not good at Oklahoma. And, I, and at the end of the day... He's done a lot. I'll I'll put him in the tier one just out of necessity. Tier two, Tyler Shuck at Texas Tech, bunch of upside. I think he might be a tier one guy like mid October. Uh, John Rice Plumley at UCF. Hard to know what to make of him. He's had a weird career, uh, but this sort of rebirth. He's a little bit like uh, the white Nick Marshall in some ways. I think it's a good compar- comparison for him. I'm um, at UCF. Blake Shapin at Baylor. Some upside. Don't love his tools, but I love uh, his ability, decision making, his accuracy. I think he he's very Baylor. Yeah. Well. Yeah. New Baylor. Old Baylor v- always had like the freaks. Bryce Petty. Uh, RG three. Yeah, RG three. Like new Baylor. Yeah. I, I think you know. New there's Baylor. A game manager. There's a game manager aspect to it that like Blake Shapin. I can safely say has never made me say wow, but he's never made me cringe either. Didn't there's, Baylor there's let the freak there. leave? Which freak are we referring to? Uh, drones wasn't he kind of freakish right. tool wise? Yeah, yeah, I mean a little bit, I guess. At the end of the day, you know, accuracy and and all that stuff. No, but he's a freak right. athlete though, isn't he? Uh, I thought that was his whole thing was like let him let him run, let him cook a little bit, and you know he he was. I don't think that's big what Dave and fast Aran- and strong. I don't, that doesn't seem like Dave Aranda's mo, but maybe. Well, I think that's why he left. Yeah, tier three, as we've seen, 
some of have some upside, but eh. Keaton Slovis, BYU. Is this school three, I believe? It uh, is. Chandler Morris, TCU. Uh, another weird career. Certainly a guy that uh, Ari loves in terms of recruiting stars, but we need to see more on the field. Donovan Smith at Houston. Uh, transfer. And then our tier four guys. A uh, couple transfers in this group. You know, the weirdest career of anyone in this, Alan Bowman at Oklahoma State. I think he's Emory Jones has had a pretty weird career, too. Uh, I won't say a weird career. I'll just say he's been Emory Jones the whole time. And yeah, he just, you know, it is what it is. Emory Jones in Cincinnati and then Garrett Green at West Virginia, who hadn't locked that job down just yet. And then Iowa State post Hunter Deckers, who seems like that is done, over and done yeah. with Rocco Becht. I'm going to go with. Uh, I have not seen him play. He, I believe he's six seven, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, sort of an unknown entity, and that's going to be a weird situation at, at Iowa State this year. Those are your Big Twelve tiers. Yeah, the only guy I think that uh, you have maybe a little uh, underranked is is uh, John uh, Rice Plumley, and I, and I know, and maybe it's because I'm in Florida and I've seen US UCF play. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's so dangerous just running the football. He's run for over 2,000 yards in his career, 23 touchdowns. And uh, in this offense with Gus Malzahn, um, I think he's he's one of the more dangerous quarterbacks in the league. He's played a lot. Um, I think, like I said, 1,700 snaps or something like that. So, I mean, to me, I, I would move him up to – I would move him into the top five. I don't know if he's I maybe two be, one. I might be prejudiced against quarterbacks who endure a position move. That's possible. I didn't see anything on this list that made me want to pull my hair out. So you're already improving. <laughs> um, the thing that I am a little bit interested in here, and I got my Texas antennas percolating a little bit, mm-hmm. is you have Quinn Ewers in your top tier. So if we're going to use the same, because I'm going to like put you in a pretzel here for a minute, but if we're going to use the same thought process of tiers from the Big Ten, which is you know, guys who like, you know, switch their teams or whatever. And, you know, who's a great quarterback? Is this you saying that Texas has a great quarterback? <laughs> and if so, how are you so vehemently against the notion that they could win enough games to make the playoff this year? Uh, I'm not against the notion. I just think they're going to they're going to cough up a dumb game at one point. This my issue with Texas. I'm with an Ari. I'm with you on paper. I'm with you. I think Texas makes a ton of sense in the playoff on paper. I just don't trust them. I think they but have I a think- bad. I think they show up and they get down 17 nothing to like some stupid team at an 11 a.m. kick. And then they just like can't get their dig their way out of the hole. And then that's that's it. Like that's that's what I think. Texas Dave, here's is. the difference, though. When's the last time that Texas had a bona fide tier one quarterback? No doubt about it. It's a good question. So if you have Quinn Ewers as a tier one quarterback. Don't the circumstances of this year's team seem different? Like if you are bought into this, like because I when I looked at your list, I was anticipating seeing Quinn Ewers in the second tier, and I think there is a certain thought process from a large portion of fans out there that think that he is an entitled brat who left high school early, went to Ohio State, couldn't hack it there, transferred mm-hmm. back home, and isn't very good. And I think that that notion is completely and utterly wrong. I think people saw last year some of the bad and aren't seeing the good. I see a player that could be a top three quarterback in America this year. Um, yeah. All right. So for way, you Texas to put him in, are, Texas fans are going to yell at you for getting Sam for forgetting Sam Ellinger. Do you think he's a tier one guy in the big 12? Sure. I mean, he no was question. a really, 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 really good college quarterback. All right. He's a tier he, one, big 12 quarterback. Maybe not nationally. Yeah. But come on. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. Come okay, on. Now. All right. How, wait, <laughs> so yeah, you forgot him too. So let's not, let's, you know, okay. well, let's enough. not just dump that on me. But I'm just saying, like, if Quinn Ewers is a top 15 draft pick and he's that type of tier one, mm-hmm. like, and I know Ellinger started games in the NFL. I'm not disparaging him. But if he is, if he's that dude, that is an entirely different proposition for that team this year. That's I don't just, know that he's, I don't know if he's that dude as much as a tier one Big 12 quarterback. There's the, the, on this list, like, the, this, the Big 12 list is very interesting because I don't see a ton of guys on this list. That I'm like, oh, they got a lot of upside. He probably has the most upside, but he's already shown like a lot. Like, I don't see a lot of guys that I'm like, oh, he's going to go from like a nobody to like blowing up. I'm not sure there's anybody on this list unless you want to make a case. Well, it's not like the Big Ten, too, in terms of like crazy 
Yes. You know, musical chairs, quarterbacks mm-hmm. either. Like, it's like we kind of have an idea of who these people are and how they look in the uniforms that they're playing. In. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, Quinn Ewers, I think I, I think he can be a top 15, 20 quarterback in the country this year, maybe higher. So top like, five, maybe? Uh, no, not top five. I don't see that this year. I think he can get He's, there. I don't think he does that this year. I think there's a legitimate chance that he is a first round pick in April. I That's agree. a different question, though, Ari. You're talking about Manny. Tools. Help me out here. No, I, I'm with <laughs> Ari. First of all, he's the only five star quarterback in the conference. Like he's, yeah. we're going back to stars and talent. Like uh, there really just isn't a lot in, in terms of the the Big Twelve. You go up and down the recruiting rankings of all these guys and and how much hype they had coming out. Uh, he is the only one. Um, so wh- whereas in the Big Ten, you've got JJ McCarthy who was a five star, and mm-hmm. obviously Kyle McCord and others that w- that were five star. Drew Aller. Uh, so to me, from a talent perspective, like putting him at the top of the list in tier one makes complete and total sense. And he's got the kind of team that can that can win the conference around him. So I'm, I'm with Ari. I'm buying the Quinn Ewer stock. I think part of this is, you know, Oklahoma doesn't have, I mean, Dylan Gabriel's good, right? But he's not your typical Oklahoma Heisman quarterback, uh, con- you know, contender. Um, and, and really, Jalen Daniels, when, you, when you're putting Kansas's quarterback in the top three and nothing against... Jalen Daniels, I think he's a, he's a talent, but like Kansas shouldn't have the third best quarterback in the league in the Big Twelve. But that's that's kind of what you have. That's just the situation um, because of of you know departures, transfers, etc. And and so I think uh, I think without question, Quinn Ewers is the best QB going into the season. I don't know. I'm very intrigued to see what what Jalen Daniels has for this upcoming year. Can't he is the guy that made the most wow plays last year. Like yeah. I, I talk about like when I fill out my Heisman ballot, um, one of the things that I do factor in is like who just like made my drop my jaw drop the most. And last year, Bijan was up there. Like I think I think I've I voted him third. Yeah, I had Caleb one, Hendon Hooker two, and, and Bijan third. And part of the reason was because like I don't really care like about the win-loss stuff. Like Bijan was unbelievable last year. Like the dude, this people could not get him down. And like, so Jalen Daniels, to me, like, you have a lot of those wow plays. Like, Quinn, I'm, I'm still waiting for it. Like, I think he can get there. He's going to have a ton of receivers. He's going to have a ton of guys around him and all that stuff. And I think the line play should be better. Um, but, like, to take that next leap of, like, this is the guy that's going to be, if you win the Big 12 and you get to the playoff, he's the guy that drove you there. He might get there this year, but he might still be a year away. Well, here's the thing, too, of just, like, the notion of quarterbacks and their readiness. It doesn't take three years to be really good in college. You know, it's like, yo, he might get there this year. It's like, if he doesn't, he's not getting there. Like, this is year two of starting. So he has, to go, he has to go into the stratosphere this year for you? I just feel like if he's going to be that guy who's a top 15 pick in the NFL draft, we're going to know it this year. What is this idea where we have to wait till year three or four of someone's career to know if they're going to be great? But the I, greatest I players about, at the position I think he can be know really good. But I think, is he going to have that 4,000 yard? Drake May last year didn't need three years. I know, the guys but the 4,000 yard, pick in the 35 draft, in my touchdown opinion. year, I, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna see that necessarily. If you don't think we're gonna see that this year, then you need to drop him off of your tier one, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I, I honestly, like, I, I, that's what I expect from him with the offensive tools. JT Sanders, I mean, Xavier Worthy, AD Mitchell, People, this offensive I need line. To see like, more from AD Mitchell. AD Mitchell's got to get through a season where he's I think to you, he's like your temperament when it comes to Texas this year. <laughs> <laughs> makes me want to take my house deed and put it on playoff. Because I think that like this idea of Texas stinks and their Texas is like actually creating great value for a team that's legitimately what, awesome. What is the what is Ari, what are the playoff odds for Texas right now? Is it like plus like two hundred? What is it? Uh I have them to win the national title this year. <laughs> because right. I think that's Sorry, a good hedge right. opportunity. That was, that was a that was a that was a genuine response. But like but seriously, what is their what are their play what are their odds? Their the national playoff? championship is nineteen to one. Okay, and well, that's, hold that's on. Let me pretty pull, good. That's pretty good nine, value. I Nineteen say. is pretty good value for a team that might be underdogs in only one game this year. Uh, if they and win that's the national a road championship, game in Alabama. If they win the national championship, do we get an SEC chant at the national championship game? I don't know. Texas fans. Um, that's my big question. Quinn Ewers is also like one of the top three Heisman odds too. So, like, there Cam, is this notion. Cam says plus three twenty five on the playoff odds for Texas. That's so pretty you think steep. they're going to win the Big 12 because they're minus 125, uh, minus 125 to win the Big 12. They're the favorite. Ari, last year's Big 12 champion didn't make the playoff. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> it's going to be difficult because 
they have a road game in Alabama early in the season. Which I think they'll win. So I don't want to hear and, I and, hate and, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, if they win that game, they're going to be favored in every game for the rest of the year. I know. And that's how that's when Texas is at its worst. We've okay, seen this. Okay, this can't be a Texas discussion. All I'm saying is <laughs> you put them in your tier one button. I think it's time to come around. And if you don't, me and Manny will uh, will be at the parade and you're not allowed to come. Sometimes <laughs> tier one quarterbacks <laughs> throw three picks and lose games at Iowa State. I'm it telling happens. you this right now. You're going to be somebody who's on our Saturday night show a lot this year. We're going to be co-hosting a lot of shows in this channel. Yes, sir. If and when Texas is awesome this year and you're on this show, you're not participating in the fun. Ari, they're going to be awesome. They're going to be awesome. And then they're going to lose to someone stupid. That's what's going to happen. If we're talking about Texas as a national championship contender in week five, you better check your enthusiasm at the door. I will stand there and I'll put my hand on your chest. I will. I'll put my hand on your chest. You're not allowed at the club, Dave. You're not allowed at the parade this year. Oh uh, man. Okay. The Texas Tech winning the Big Twelve after after Texas loses to like uh, after Rocco Beck throws for five touchdowns to beat to beat Texas. I'm gonna laugh so hard. I'm sorry. It's it's that's where we're at. That's where it's we're gonna at. be a funeral in the podcast feed that day <laughs> if that happens. Um, but I, I'm like I'm willing to to get hurt again because. I look at it's simple math sometimes to me and college football isn't simple math, but the ingredients, the talent and the schedule all add up to a playoff team. They so do. what you're saying is she's changed. Sorry. She's come around. She's a new she's girl. Different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is a tier one quarterback on Dave Ubbins <laughs> big 12 quarterback tiers list for the first time since Sam Ellinger, which I mean, I don't know. That was a long time ago, but they didn't have it the talent, that long ago. but they did. How yes. long ago was it? I saw him at a sushi restaurant a few days, a few weeks ago. Before a Dave Chappelle concert, and I was with a Texas fan, and he got up from our dinner, and he went down to tell Sam Ellinger he's his favorite Longhorn ever. And I thought that was like a cool thing. One time I ran into Marcin Gortat at a mall in Phoenix. I once, yeah, who's, Manny, what's your best athlete in the wild story? Uh, Amar, Amari Sotomayor. I was in Charlotte. The Heat were playing a playoff series, and we actually went out drinking together for a couple of hours. That was fun. Um, I've got two. I was at the same pool party that Johnny Manziel went to after he got drafted in Vegas. Um, and everybody freaked out that he was in Vegas, like right after he got drafted. I don't know if you remember this. It was daylight. It was one of the best days of my life. I had a great time. Incredible. Uh, Johnny had a good time too. And the person I was there with got taken up on stage and they took pictures together. Um, and then she came back to me. So Johnny, <laughs> take that. Uh, secondly, uh, I beat... Shanning Tatum in Papa Shot in a Louisville, Kentucky bar the day of the Manny Pacquiao. Um, it was the Pacquiao fight against Floyd Mayweather, and it was the same day as the Kentucky Derby. And we played Papa Shot for drinks, and Shanning Tatum lost. So I beat him at basketball. And then <laughs> the the loser was supposed to buy me and my friends beers. Um, and then he never bought the beers. So I'm putting you on note to Shanning Tatum. Not only did you lose at your craft to... Me, you owe me and my friends a round of Bud Light Limes, okay? Before, <laughs> before we move on to the ACC, I'd like to drop three quick D-list celebrity sightings. In one trip to the St. Louis airport, I ran into the dad from Smart Guy and Morgan Spurlock of mm. Super Size Me Fame. And uh, I once rode in a car, uh, a tiny car with Dave Winfield. So how about that? That's cool. Good yeah. story. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACC, let's do it. 
All, All right. right. <laughs> one man, one tier one. I think we're in alignment on here. Yeah. Mr. Drake May. Uh, I think he's in a class of his own. Maybe that changes. But I think it's disrespectful to him to suggest that anyone is with him on that level. Uh, tier two. Two man, Jordan Travis and Riley Leonard. Again, guys that have done it uh, that we've seen and that both those guys, for all that they've already done, I think still have some upside for sure to join Drake May in the first rounders club. Uh, I wouldn't rule that out. Tier three, a weird mix of guys. Cade Klubnik, who I've said before, is created in a lab to be a great quarterback. Did not love what I saw from him in the Orange Bowl. We need to see more um, from him. Um, but this is his team now. He's got a full offseason. And then a uh, couple of uh, interesting transfers. Garrett Schrader, pretty good year last year. Um, perhaps best known for his helicopter at Mississippi State. But um, I thought he was best known for being Hank Schrader's nephew. <laughs> Uh, no, that's not. No, that's not. That's not correct. But the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Hank Schrader is a fictional yes. character from Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, still sitting on the toilet as we speak. But yeah. Um, no, I think a guy that uh, pretty interesting year last year. Syracuse odd team. Uh, we mentioned them on last show. Started six and zero. Finished uh, seven and six. I think that's right. Uh, Brandon Armstrong, who I'm all in on this year, uh, reuniting with Robert and I. Tier three, you know, he's got, I'd have to look at the numbers, but other than Drake May, he's probably got the best single season of any of these guys and maybe one of the worst seasons of any of these guys. So what is this year? We'll see. Tier four, Phil Jerkovic at Pitt, Emmett Moorhead at BC. I think Emmett Moorhead's got some upside. Jack Plummer at Louisville. We'll see if, I think he's got some upside. I think we'll see if, uh, if Jeff Brom can continue working his quarterback magic. Complicated situation with Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. Manny, we'll let you tackle that one here in a second. I don't know what to make of TVD, um, guy that was on the sort of uh, precipice of the Heisman conversation last year, and then just, you know, along with the rest of Miami, has a nightmare season. And then our Tier 5 guys, uh, Mitch Griffiths, who has gotten banged up in camp and might not have that Wake Forest job locked down. Uh, Haynes King at Georgia Tech, guy, another guy that, you know, it was on the short list of the Heisman, what, was it two years ago? Maybe it was last year, and that has not come to fruition. Uh, checked out of Texas A&M. And then Kyron Drones and Grant Wells. Uh, Ari, we, we, we've talked a little bit about uh, Drones at Baylor. Uh, and then one of the more interesting but questionable transfers, uh, Tony Musket at Virginia. Uh, that job is still not settled, but we'll talk about him. The Monmouth transfer. Intriguing. Intriguing. Um, so there's your ACC tiers. Fellas, I'm going to I'm going to let Manny cook on this because this is his conference and Miami is a very important thing. But I have one story to tell. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm I'm addicted to uh, trading cards and uh, I lose count of your your addictions. So, yeah, so does my (laughs) wife. Um, But I got a really valuable Tyler Van Dyke card. And I put it on eBay and it sold for one hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars. And I was like, I thought it was only going to be like a thirty dollar card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty rare car, but it's like, I was thinking to myself after it's sold, I was like, did I just sell a card that's going to be worth like a ton of money in five years? Cause this guy sees something in Tyler Van Dyke that I don't, or is it just a major, uh, a major Miami fan? I was just kind of blown away by what it sold for. And I thought, and I always kind of feel like I'm the underappreciating of Tyler Van Dyke. Cause I never give him a second thought even going into last year. So where do you think of his ranking, and do you see anything in the ACC here, Manny, that you think is off? Well, I'll start with Tyler. Uh, obviously, you go back to that six-game stretch in 21 where they won at Pitt, right? And Pitt went on to win the ACC championship with that team. Um, and you're like, wow, 20 touchdowns, three picks. This guy's for real, right? 300-yard games every week. Obviously, he was in the wrong offense last year. Um, and, and Mario made the coordinator change, brought in somebody who's in Shannon Dawson who's going to run the kind of offense that – Tyler wants to play in my thing for Tyler is I still don't know if he's got like the receivers or even the tight ends to like put up huge numbers like Mario did a phenomenal job recruiting offensive linemen so I think he's going to be more well protected this year but I think from a playmaker perspective um, they're still sort of lacking there so I'm not going to put like I think putting him in tier four is fine I think it's probably the right place considering you know he's coming off of 
uh, a grade three AC joint sprain last year and, and, mm-hmm. and need somebody to step up there. But um, the only guy, I mean, the only guys that I look at, like Brennan Armstrong, you mentioned it, like he, he obviously had a huge year. He's getting hooked back up with Robert and I, who was his coordinator at Virginia when he did well. Uh, and of course, and I did a great job last year with Garrett Schrader at Syracuse. So he's a good quarterbacks coach. My thing with Brendan Armstrong uh, at NC State is it's sort of the same scenario. They they lost some receivers as well. So it's like, who's he throwing the ball to? Where are the playmakers on that team? So I don't think there's much difference between Brendan Armstrong and Tyler Van Dyke. I think that category, you know, with with Phil uh, Djokovic and Jack, like the tier four guys, I think Brendan's probably better suited there. Um and then, you know, Jordan Travis and Riley Leonard, to me, you know, they could very well slip into tier one. Uh, Riley Leonard really impressed me last year. Um, you know, he was, I mean, he's the reason Duke won nine games. So, um, but I understand why you got Drake, Drake May in his own class. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that. And, and you know, everybody knows about Jordan Travis. He's, is he still second in the Heisman odds? I'm not even yeah. sure. I, yeah. People I mean, are so, really amped up about him. Yeah. Is so R- like Riley Leonard might be the most underrated player in America, quite frankly. He he really is, and and I think he's an NFL guy for sure. I think he's he's the kind of guy that you know. Again, we look at like a Brock Purdy, right, and what he's doing with the Forty ers Like I could see Riley Leonard totally being the same type of guy where he doesn't necessarily go very high in the draft, but he's an NFL quarterback and somebody that that is is just really good at, at what he does. And so, um, I like your list. I don't necessarily have any problem. Like I said, the only thing I'd probably do is drop Brendan Armstrong to tier four just because he was so terrible last year, and and I don't know that he's got the weapons around him at, at state this year to be explosive. Um, but other than that, like, uh, that, that's, that's my take on it. The other thing I would say with Mitch Griffiths is like the one thing Wake Forest has going for it and why they're good every single year is they've had the same offensive coordinator in place for 10 years. Continuity like, reigns. Yeah. I mean, it just, that kind of stuff you can just, it's almost like plug and play. And I know Sam Hartman was unreal and I think he's going to do great at Notre Dame this year, but like I, I, Mitch Griffiths, you go back to the one start he made last year and, and I know it was an FCS opponent or whatever, but like he looked the part, like he looked like a Wake Forest quarterback, just another dude that can lead him to eight or nine wins. So to me, I think Griffiths uh, probably, if healthy, uh, can get back into that tier four category. Guys, do we need to have a Cade Clubnick discussion here? Let's Go do it. it. It's uh, yes. <clears throat> tier three. Ari, I need to see more. I need to see more. Do you want to have the same exact argument from the beginning of the show again? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. I I, I think. Here's here's my okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go scales of justice on you. Okay, I love the talent. I love the head on his shoulders. I think he's gonna work as hard as he needs to. I think he's gonna put himself in the best possible position to succeed. Uh, I love that he's gonna pair up with Garrett Riley. I think they can make some magic. On the other side, I have a lot of questions about the receivers, and also like. Man, when, Dave, when you're contradicting when ten- yourself. You can't have questions about con- receivers. <laughs> yes. Is and he then, uh, a good quarterback? Yes, he's very good. But the production, and can he prove it? I don't know. And I think my biggest question with him specifically is, man, when Tennessee pressured him in the Orange Bowl, he was freaking out. He was seeing ghosts. And I he turned into not a good quarterback when he was getting pressured. And to some degree, everyone does. But And some of that's probably inexperience and not having played a ton. Um but man, like you got to develop some poise, and I don't know if you can do that in one off season. So you might need to have a little bit more experience to take the leap. I love the raw talent. I just don't know that you're going to see it, you know, immediately overnight. Well, the thing that I will give you credit for here is that, unlike in the Big Ten, I think that the way that you did the tiers on this one would actually reflect your draft order if you had to pick one. Like it would uh, yeah, be clearly Drake May number one, then Jordan Travis two, Riley Leonard three, and then Cade four. It's probably close. Um, yeah. I just think that I would put Cade into tier two um, with the other two. But if he's the best tier three quarterback, I can live with that as well. He's like, the I think most this is a pretty, interesting quarterback in the league. Well, I don't know. I think Jordan Travis is pretty interesting. Like I watched Florida State play last year. I know they got better and stronger as the year went on. And I know that people are super excited about what Florida State can do this year. And let me tell you, I cannot wait to watch them play LSU because I think it's a a one of the only non-conference games, or especially the week that it's played and it's on a Sunday, that features two legitimate national championship contenders. Like, are we actually on board with the notion that Florida State can win a national title this year or play in the playoff? And if so, how much of that is supposed to be on his shoulders and him kind of living that 
expectation. And Manny, you're you're in Florida. Like, is Jordan Travis legitimately that good, or are we kind of losing the losing the the vision here? No, I mean, I, I think he's turned into that quarterback. I think most people who who watched him play. Uh, you know, at Louisville and when he first got to Florida State would never have envisioned him turning into this quarterback that's that's much more accurate. He's, he's improved his accuracy downfield. Uh, he's made better decisions of when to run with the ball and, and when to sort of just, you know, dump it off. I think, number one, it helps when you've got a lot more talent around you, right? Like having Johnny Wilson last year was a huge pickup for them. Now you bring in a Keon Coleman. Uh, you bring in some other transfers at tight end. Uh, you upgrade the offensive line. Like he's He's built to have a huge year this year and to be very much in that Heisman race and to lead Florida State to the playoff. I think he's capable of it. Uh, so I, I, I buy the hype. My thing is, I just don't know how many NFL scouts think Jordan Travis is, is an NFL ca- caliber quarterback, whereas I think Riley Leonard on the other side is probably more built to be a successful NFL quarterback. So he, it's. He, yeah. He won ahead. me over last year. I, I was. A, I'm not going to come up with a Jordan Travis hater. I was a Jordan Travis doubter coming into the year, kind of like rolling my eyes. You know, is Mike Norvell about to get fired? You know, all of those things. And then you, you know, you watch the LSU game. You didn't see a ton to change your mind. And then I forget who the Thursday, who was the Thursday night game against Manny? They won at Louisville. Yeah, that was one of the games. And there were a couple others. He just keeps making these throws. Guys are bearing down on him, laying into him. And he's putting the ball up where it needs to be. Finding open guys, making good decisions, taking a beating every now and then. And he, he won me over last year. And I, and I, you know, I'm, I, I think it can continue this year. I, I think when you grow up, uh, as much as Ari wants to microwave every quarterback and make them into Peyton Manning overnight, sometimes it does take time, and sometimes you can become that guy. And last year, it seemed like he blossomed into that guy. Well, like, here's the thing about the microwave comment. I just can't remember off the top of my head, and maybe it's just because it's, like, confirmation bias of my own opinion. But when's the last time a quarterback, like, the only time I can think of a quarterback being kind of meh for three years and then turning into a star is Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many career arcs are similar to that, to the truly legitimate, amazing quarterback prospects that come through college football. Like, are there a lot of those that I'm just not remembering? Because, like, a lot of times I feel like if a freshman is that guy, you know it very early on, at least by their sophomore year. Like, I just feel like if you're in year three or four um, of your college career and it hasn't happened for you yet, then that's an indication that, Nine times out of ten, it's just not going to happen at all. So, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible. I've seen uh, Joe Burrow with my own two eyes walk into Ohio State camp as a freshman wearing a shirt with a wolf howling at the moon. And now he's like the coolest guy on the face of the planet and one of the best quarterbacks in the league and on the face of the earth. Um, I think that what Jalen Hurts did in his transformation at Oklahoma and into the quarterback that he's become into the NFL is some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. I mean, we're talking about a guy who got benched at halftime of a national championship game who was playing in the Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. And not just that, has an incredible and accurate arm, you know, which was the reason he got benched in the first place. So, you know, I know that this stuff happens, but like when we're talking about tears, I just am not patient when it comes to, oh, I've got to wait three years to see if this guy's actually good. It's like if Quinn Ewers isn't great this year, he's just probably not going to be a great quarterback. He might be good. He might be serviceable, but he's just not going to be great. It They're gonna turn happen. into Peyton Manning. What about what about like Kenny Pickett, Hendon Hooker? Um, you know, uh, are we gonna count Michael Penix? Maybe. Um, yeah. What about Bo? What about Bo Nix? You know, right. like it, it does happen. Ari, Bo Nix has been an exciting player well. since he was at Auburn. Exciting, but Hendon not Hooker. very good. Exciting, but not very good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, last I think year he, he was awesome. Five yeah. star, also Ari. And I guess there are exceptions to it, sure. And like Hendon Hooker, you know, wouldn't. You know, ever since he got on the field, it was awesome, right? I mean, like his he, first year he, there, he, he okay. had flashes. He was the good, second he but stepped he was, on the field. He was um, good, but he was then he, he was never when he came to Tennessee. The idea that he could contend for a Heisman Trophy, in part because he signed up to play for Jeremy Pruitt, but the idea that he could contend for a Heisman Trophy was such fantasy that I, don't, I mean, it was it's ridiculous. And yeah, yeah, there he was. One other point I wanted to make, guys, just on the ACC, since we compared, you know, we've talked about all three of these conferences, the Big Ten and Big 12 included. The ACC's got, of these three conferences, the most experienced quarterbacks in terms of guys that just, you know, getting tons of snaps. Obviously, Travis, 27 starts. Um, You look at... uh, Louisville with with Plummer, 25 starts in college. Uh, Brendan Armstrong, we talked about already. Uh, Phil Djokovic, 24 starts. Uh, Schrader's got 25 starts. Even 
Tony Musket, who's who's the quarterback at Virginia. I know he's on your bottom tier. He's twenty five starts in college at, at Monmouth, and and Grant Wells, uh, thir- what is it, thirty four starts for him in his career. So like. Yeah. Come bowl game, like if these dudes are still playing, and I, I would assume most of them probably would, right? Like, why not? Why not give an extra audition to try to get yourself drafted professionally? Um, like they'll they'll have some of the older quarterbacks uh, in college football. The, this conference will. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that that was a good show, Manny. Uh, I think that your spreadsheet will be available to anybody who <laughs> files a Freedom of Inf- Information Act with the Athletic. <laughs> they'll uh, they'll give you Manny's hard drive. Um, <laughs> appreciate all the stats that you always bring, and it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, Dave. It was fun. I just want to remind everybody that this was the first half of the quarterback tiers. We're going to also still be doing them for the SEC, Pac-12, and Group of Five. Um, and this is also week zero. So, uh, you know, football's here. We're going to have our Thursday preview show and, um, Saturday night, we're going to have a recap show, our first of the year. That'll be live on YouTube after the primetime game. And then Sunday, uh, this year, we're going to be doing a new show called Sunday sound off or something of that sort, uh, where we will be taking fan submissions, voicemails, texts, questions, tweets, and forming it into a show where we can kind of contextualize what happened the day before. So I'm excited about the season. We're going to get into our, our regular season schedule that we had last year. Uh, Manny, that means the return of stars matter that we'll be recording and publishing on Thursdays. And, uh, you know, the whole crew power hour, everything's getting back together. It's a really exciting time. I know it's kind of felt like drinking through, what is that water through a fire Fire hydrant or fire hose. (laughs) I mean, it's just a lot happening. The the podcast is, is really getting back into the swing of things. And I, I think that we're starting to really get a good groove here and, couldn't happen at a more perfect time as football season starts guys uh, thank you for listening to the latest edition of until saturday please follow the podcast on apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts leave a thumbs up and hit the subscribe link uh, and if you would be kind enough to leave a nice review uh, it would be a nice break from some of the people who haven't <laughs> also if you want to subscribe to the youtube channel to get the live shows uh, to watch our faces as we do this the link is in the show description um, for manny navarro dave ubbin i'm ari wasserman this was until saturday